Good morning. Thank you for joining me, Pastor Zach Williams, for another edition of New Horizons, the daily podcast and radio ministry of Flat Creek Baptist Church here in Gainesville, Georgia. It is my greatest joy to be able to dive deep into God's Word with you every day, and I hope and pray that you enjoy this time as much as I do. If you would like more information on Flat Creek Baptist Church, how you can come alongside of us, what times you can come worship with us, please go to our website, flatcreekchurch.net. You can find all information that you need there as well as how to give to this radio ministry so that we can keep this going into the future. All donations that you give go 100% to the radio ministry and go nowhere else. So we would really appreciate any help that you might give us in that area. Today, we're going to continue in the book of Mark, chapter number 8, verse 31 through verse number 33. This is the first prediction of Jesus' death. Now, I talked to you for just a moment about this yesterday and told you we were going to come back to it today. So, so I want to make sure that we take a look at this because this is the first time in the life and ministry of Jesus where he is going to publicly tell his disciples what's going to happen to him. He's going to tell them that he's going to the cross to die. Now, friends, listen to me. Over in Psalm 22, a thousand years before crucifixion was even a device of torture and capital punishment, David prophesied that the Messiah would come and have pierced hands, pierced feet, that they would fight and cast lots over his clothing. In Isaiah 53, Isaiah prophesied that the, that the Messiah would come that he would be known as the suffering servant. In fact, he says in Isaiah 52 that he would be so disfigured that he wouldn't even look like a human being. And Isaiah would say in Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. And so throughout the Old Testament, there is a knowledge and a belief that the Messiah is going to suffer for the sins of the world. However, however, the Jews of Jesus' day had lost this concept. The Jews of our day have still lost this concept. Their idea is that God is going to send one who will be an earthly king, one who will come and overthrow and vanquish all of Israel's enemies and set up a throne literally, physically in Jerusalem. This is why the, 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 uh, the original audience of Jesus many times tried to take him by force and make him what? The king, as they did in John 6. What are they looking for? They're looking for an earthly king. They're looking for a revolutionary king. They're looking for one at the day of Jesus who's going to come and overthrow the Roman government, the Roman authority, the Roman empire. And he is going to rule and reign with an iron scepter on his throne in Jerusalem. That's the Jewish idea of the Messiah in Jesus' day. That's the Jewish idea of the Messiah in our day. Although the Bible speaks of the suffering servant. In fact, Jews today, they actually go so far as to avoid Isaiah 53 altogether. I remember a few years ago hearing a Messianic Jew, and for those of you who do not know what a Messianic Jew is, a Messianic Jew is one who has come to Christ, a Jew who has come to Christ, put their faith in Jesus, 
This Messianic Jew said in the 1970s he had moved to San Francisco and he was just having a really bad day one day and a Christian had been inviting him to come to a Bible study. And he said, with all the anger in my heart, I decided I was going to go to this Bible study and I was going to prove to them that their Jesus that they believed in was a false Messiah. And I went in with everything ready to go and he said, I just began to just throw down on them and just lash out at them and mock them for believing such a thing about this Jesus. And he said, and then one man in the room spoke up and said, what do you say and what do you do with Isaiah 53? He said, I didn't know what Isaiah 53 was. Nobody had ever read that to me. And I asked them right then, what is Isaiah 53? And somebody read it to me. I walked out of the room, he said, went down, got on the payphone, called my rabbi, and I said to him, Rabbi, tell me about Isaiah 53. And my rabbi said to me, we don't talk about Isaiah 53. Friends, what's that tell you? The reason they don't talk about Isaiah 53 is because Isaiah 53 tells them what? That Jesus is the Christ based on the description of the crucifixion. Only one man in history could ever fulfill what Isaiah 53 teaches. And so when, when we think about those things and we think about the prophecies of the cross in Caesarea Philippi, after the confession of Peter, Jesus says to them these things, the son of man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priest, the scribes be killed and rise after three days. He was openly talking about this. So Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Many people come down hard on Peter here, but you've got to understand what Peter's doing. Peter is simply speaking out of his Jewishness, an idea that Jesus is going to be a military commander, a military warrior, a revolutionary. He's going to overthrow everyone. And this idea of Jesus suffering and dying, that is so outlandish to the Jews. Who would ever follow a suffering Messiah? Who would ever follow a Messiah that is going to die? That doesn't meet our idea of who the Messiah is. So Jesus, if you could just cool it down a little bit and stop talking about the cross and stop talking about your death, then maybe people would follow. Friends, it's the same thing people do to us today. We talk about the cross. We talk about the resurrection and people say, hey, if you could just cool the cross, if you could just stop talking about the resurrection, if you could just stop talking about the blood of Jesus, then maybe we could fill this place up with people. Friends, listen to me. What does Jesus say? Jesus turned around, looked at his disciples. He rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Because you are not thinking about God's concerns, but man's. Jesus knew this. He would never receive the crown without the cross. And friends, listen to me. We can preach and we can preach and we can preach. But if we're not preaching the cross of Jesus, we're not preaching the gospel of salvation. Don't you ever, don't you ever water it down. You stand on the cross of Calvary. You believe in the cross of Calvary. As the song says, you cling to the old rugged cross and you, you cherish it. You proclaim it until the Lord calls you home. Don't ever back up from the cross. 
Jesus certainly didn't. Jesus embraced the cross all the way to the point of having his hands and his feet nailed to the tree where he would suffer and die for the sins of the world. And it's this Jesus that reaches out today to save you. Would you give your life to him? If you've never given your life to Christ, please go to our website, flatcreekchurch.net, and let us know of your decision to follow him. We would love to come alongside of you in your walk with faith. Guys, listen, I love you. God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you next time on New Horizons.